Hi, podcast listeners. This is JJ, host of The Great People Show, and this is the first time I've ever spoken directly to you, the podcast listener. If you've, if you've listened to the show for a while, you already know that our show is on the radio every week, and that's where we broadcast to you from. And I, I want to start, and I'm, I am starting to speak directly just to our podcast listeners. I value your attention so much. Thank you for being here, whether this is the first time that you've listened to the show or if you've been listening since the very first episode. Thank you. This particular episode that you're about ready to hear was a impromptu conversation that I had with a new friend, Stephen Jenkins, and as soon as we started talking, I knew I need to start recording this. This needs to go on the podcast. The Great People Show listeners need to hear what Stephen and I are going to talk about. So enjoy it. I, I highly encourage you to listen through the whole thing and ask yourself, how does this apply to me? We talk about parenting. We talk about faith. There are so many truth bombs on this audio. It's unbelievable. I really wanted to edit it because I wanted to make it shorter, but I just couldn't find anything to take out of it. It's that good. It was it was actually in a non-acoustical room, so it's not the, the audio that you're used to hearing, but it's really, really great content, and it was really important for me to get this to you, the listener. And the other thing I want to ask of you is uh, send me an email. I want to hear from you. I want to know what you like about the show, what you would want to change about the show, and if there's any topic that we can cover or anything that we can do different. Because as you know, I love engagement. I love when we do our Facebook Live, when we're doing the show to engage and interact with some of you. You can call into the show when we're doing it. My email address is jj at great people show. Call me. I want to hear from you. I want to know who you are. I want to engage with you. I want to see if there's some things that I can help you with. And if if there are, I'm certain that could help many, many other people. So thank you for being a great listener. And here's Stephen and I. Well, my mother told me something really early on, which was really great, because I used to be really self-conscious, and I can still be a little self-conscious. And she said, um, I, a lot of my, I want to write a book called Motherisms, because Mama said, mm. Mama said, because mothers have a way of uh, germinating this truth and drilling it down to something that's very that simple. On the show this morning. Very simple to get. Um, but she used to say, she says, baby, when you walk in Rome, they're sure. busy thinking about themselves. So, um, so on, on the show this morning, I had my mentor on as the guest co-host because James is still traveling. So Sam mm. and I, I, I opened the show with, Sam knows more about me than anybody else in mm. this world does. Um, I've been around people longer, my mom, but she knows one-tenth of, I don't tell my mom anything, right? So, you know, she she, she, she has that pristine image of, of me. Sam knows everything. And we got in, into talking about moms. And he was when he was talking about his mom, it was my mom, uh, from, his, from what he was saying, he was, I was never spanked. I was never threatened. Um, I was never hit. All my mom needed to do was just give me a look, right? But his point was it was her words mm-hmm. that had lasting impact on him. Mm-hmm. Like he's still today. So his mom, so see, Sam's in his 50s. Uh, I think he's 52. I think he said his mom passed away 10 years mm-hmm. ago, something around that. But he, he still daily thinks about words that his mom spoke to him 
on his actions and his decisions. So that's the impact. The the mothers and fathers, but moms have a tremendous impact. And I love what you just said. Um, My mom's still alive. Um, She's 84. And I'm watching her sort of, you know, slip away. And I realize... she around here? Yeah. My mom's the reason I'm in Richmond. Oh, okay. Okay. My mom's the reason I'm alive. Oh, I wow. often tell a joke. I tell people I I once. Well, isn't, that the, isn't that the reason for all of yeah. us? That's <laughs> <laughs> what well, I thought you well, meant. Well, I I, I I used to say I often say to people I say I once was a man trapped in a woman's body. <laughs> Weren't we all? And then I was born. <laughs> That's right. Um, but there is no one in my life. Uh, that has impacted me greater. And and that's tremendously because dad being absent mm-hmm. had almost so, an so, equal impact. So you didn't grow up with uh, a present father? No. My parents were I'm I'm as an African American, I am I embody the typical stereotype. You're the statistic. The statistic. Yeah. And well I'm actually the anti statistic because I should not Good be point. here. Good point. Um Good point. that r- removal of that should have decimated everything and it didn't which speaks to the strength of my mother but it also speaks to the idea that I've done some work and understanding the whole father thing yeah so I've done the work if you're like some it actually made you hypersensitive to what being a father is and what being a father could be and well that's it and like it's 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 this it's it's the same thing in the brain as when people lose their sight your hearing yeah becomes so much more you develop, the these, you develop Absolutely. these other skills. So what I see is the impact of having a parent or not having a parent doesn't negate that there's an impact. Yeah. So the absence or the presence of one, I don't know which one's best. Mm-hmm. I actually think that, but it can be equal. Um, but it's maybe hypersensitive. I think it's the fact that I don't have children today too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I would. So if my dad being human caused the damage that he caused to me, in my life, whether he knows it or not, and mm-hmm. I have seven siblings. Um, wow, was he absent? With- oh, he was. At, my, my, I'm seven out of eight, so wow. he stepped off. Okay. okay, when my younger brother was born. Okay, okay. So my mother was left. So your younger siblings had some exposure with your dad. They had some exposure to him, but even then, um, quite frankly, I would dare say that having. Um, seven children before the age of 32 isn't a, a, a recipe for success. I, I think that I tell people I was born into the idea that there wasn't enough, and I'm not talking about there wasn't yeah. enough food, there wasn't enough tension, there wasn't enough, because kids require all of this. You really need to be in a place. Do you ever get to the point, do you think anybody can ever get to the point that whenever you share that story, instead of using the word, the damage that my dad did to me, it's, it's all a blessing? Like, what he did is on him. Oh, it is. And it what is. he did to you doesn't exist anymore. Well, JJ, that's because why it I'm was just, that's why I'm free today. Yeah. I can only sit here and discuss this um, without anger yeah. or victimization yeah. or, or No whatever. emotion. No emotion. It, it, really, it really was what it was. Now, there are two things that go into that. Uh, one is that I recognize that he was a person. He was a human. Yeah. And I really wish that he would have had father initiatives. Mm. I really wish that society had equipped him to be the father that he needed to be. And our society as an African-American man, and if I was born in 63 and my father was 30, then my father grew up in the 30s and the 40s. And I can only imagine Mm. what it was like to be an African-American in this society in the Mm. 30s and 40s. And I feel like he was uh, stripped of a lot of dignity. This was 
you know, people want to say that this was a tough society today. I don't. I would disagree with that. But I believe uh, before the civil rights in the sixties, there's no point of comparison. We, there's no point of comparison. Yeah. And no. that was the crucible that he grew up in. Now, what he did was, which was amazing, he got into the military, which gave him, and he traveled. And my dad was in the Navy, and it gave him an outside view of the world. And yeah. I think that's I have some of that. Yeah. The view or whatever he had a different out. But um I've had to work through that to get free from that and I realized that my, my dad was a gift. Yeah. First of all he gave me life. Yeah. He gave me can't, life. You can't forget Good, I can. I and if if I say By nothing the way, you else, had a one in a trillion shot at that. Hello, well, I say this. Mm-hmm. I won the very first race I was in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you swam the best. Oh, I swam the best. You didn't swim the fastest I, 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 or I, the straightest. No, but, but you swam the best. But I, I swam the best. <laughs> I was I, I was destined for victory. Out of the gate. Uh-huh. What That's amazing right. that is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and what that is, is I change, I tend, I tend to look at it from a different lens. I don't look at it as from a victim lens. I look at it from mm-hmm. a lens that I'm an overcomer. I'm mm-hmm. 55 years old, JJ, and I've had more hardships dealt to me, even being born in the 60s, than you see right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And every obstacle that's ever come my way with the grace of God, mm-hmm. I've overcome. Mm-hmm. I have a history of success, not failure. <laughs> if you're living today, you've overcome everything. You're, I, you may not psychologically feel like you're past it. Because anyone that's in the midst of divorce or loss would say, um, no, I haven't won yet. I haven't overcome mm-hmm. it. It's like, yes, you have. You've already overcome it. And um, when you and I talk in five years or ten yeah. years, I'm going to ask you that question. And you're, you're going to come back and say to me, you know, you were right. I just didn't allow myself. I didn't give myself permission to move forward. Perception is it was really already done. And, and so this morning, so Sam, we were talking about God. And um, I, I asked him, because we got big into God and significance. The topic was mm-hmm. significance. We got deep into it. So I posed him the question. I said, what do you say to someone that doesn't believe in God? Mm. And and he said, he goes, well, your significance still comes from God. You mm-hmm. just haven't acknowledged that yet. I love that. It's like, I love that. wow, that was powerful. Well, I say that part of, and I agree with Sam, I say um, whether you believe in God or not, God believes in you. Exactly. That's powerful. Mm-hmm. Um I'll break it down, and it's really, really simple, because I I used to dialogue and teach a little bit on the whole, I came from nothing and I came from Mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, reason and facts would dictate that um, intelligence comes down, intelligence doesn't go up, society is not getting better, society is getting worse, Mm -hmm. and anthropy, the law of anthropy, and... Something lesser cannot create something greater. Therefore, mm-hmm. whatever has made you as uniquely wonderful had to be at least as smart as you. Mm-hmm. Chances are it had to be greater than you. Mm-hmm. So whatever formed you has to have intelligence, feeling, meaning. You can't give what you don't have. Mm-hmm. Great perspective. So when I, I say that you're created that. in the image of something, um, and, and so whoever created you had to at least have the image that they created you yeah. um, I, I was just talking to an older gentleman recently and not very religious and I, I, I don't I, I'll dare say people say well you know I haven't found God I'm looking for God I'm looking for spirituality um, 
the scriptures I read says that no one's looking for God. Hmm. It says we're, we've all turned our back. We're not looking for God. That's You're looking for significance. You're looking for meaning. You're looking yeah. for those things. But I want you to know something. God's looking for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you are on a journey looking for God, all you have to do is stand still. I'll tell you this. It's like, the, it's like the Amway salesman. I, I knew something about Amway and I knew something about Jehovah Witnesses. Yeah. There were certain people you didn't open the door for. Maybe in the 50s and 60s, it was the full of brush people. <laughs> That's right. Because if I cracked the door, you were at the table and yeah. I was buying stuff uh-huh. that I did not need. That's right. Um, and I say from a spiritual perspective that if you will, you know, Jesus in the scriptures, Jesus often answered a question with a question. And yes. The, yes. The, the question that he answered wasn't to evade the question that was asked. It was to get the intent mm-hmm. of the asker. Mm-hmm. And if the asker was asking from earnest intent, then Jesus gave the answer. But mm-hmm. if the answer was being asked just to get you that aha moment, then he deflected from and it. And it was always, especially from the Pharisees, it was used to trap It was always him. a trap. It was always yeah. a trap. Yeah. And, and, and I think as, as human and fallible and weak as we are, even today, we even, even if you're a full-fledged believer, if you start asking God okay. questions, you're trying to trap God. You're, you're almost trying to say... You know, God, I don't believe you. Well, Scripture says, with many words, sin's not lacking. Mm-hmm. So just mm-hmm. like the Pharisees tried to get Jesus with the aha moment, mm-hmm. they do that right now with our administration and our president. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a wise man once said nothing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's true. <laughs> Yeah, a wise man once said nothing, and there are some. T- and I'm learning that one. That you know, I, I I don't own that one. Sometimes I think everything deserves a response. Yeah, but some comments just don't merit a response. To yeah. Them. yeah. Um, but I tell people, I say, if you, with an honest heart, say, if there's something out in the universe that's trying to get in touch with me, I welcome it. Mm-hmm. I'm convinced that God will. Make it beeline yeah. to you. Yeah. Yep. The scripture says the heavens declare the glory of God. I think all of nature points to a designer, mm-hmm. to a God, mm-hmm. to a merciful, loving, kind. I was just reading today. You know, it's interesting. They found a puddle of water on Mars. I saw that. Buried under ice. I saw yeah. that. Okay, bring me back a cup. I'd like to see an ice cube. <laughs> um, you can speculate. We've been wrong before. That's really great. Yeah. But the mathematical probability for this planet that we live on to be habitable for us yeah. is a one in a billion mm-hmm. mathematical mm-hmm. shot. Mm-hmm. It's like pulling back a bow in the middle of nowhere and mm-hmm. hitting a bullseye. Um, and I don't believe in accidents. I don't believe that's a coincidence. And quite frankly, we do something to human character when we tell people they come from nothing. Mm-hmm. I've tracked this, and I'm only 55 years, but I've tracked this back 50 years ago. Uh, in the 60s, we told kids, um, we took prayer out of school. Mm-hmm. Basically, we said, you, you come from nowhere. Yeah. And we took prayer out of school. Then we started teaching evolution, mm-hmm. that you are an animal. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in the early 50s and 60s, the top three, four things in school was chewing gum, talking in class, running in the hallways. 40 years of telling kids they come from nowhere and that they're going nowhere. We got metal detectors mm-hmm. and mass shootings in mm-hmm. our school. And I can't believe that no one sees the correlation in this. And, it, and it's back to what you said earlier. It's people, human, we, we haven't gotten better. No. We've, 
we've become more comfortable. Um, there's less people in poverty as measured oh, from yeah. the 60s, but there's still a divide well, between those haves and have-nots. Well, meaninglessness doesn't come from uh, suffering. Meaninglessness comes from excess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would dare say to people in Goochland are a lot more lives are meaningless because it's Solomon who said meaningless mean is vanity vanity it's all vanity now here's a man who made you know Mr. Bill Gates and Warren Buffett and all of these guys look like they were playing with monopoly money and the wisdom at the end of his life was it all amounted to nothing there's a phrase in that I think our society would love to put it on a bumper sticker today that says I denied myself nothing Mm. See, it, it used to be starvation used to be a problem. Oh, no. Remember Africa and live aid and all that? No, no. Now it's obesity. You go to these countries that we call third world countries, mm-hmm. and we can learn something. Mm-hmm. We can learn something about appreciation, about gratitude. Oh, I, about, when I went to Armenia um, and walked in streets that were filled with bomb holes oh, and... Please. 85% I go unemployment to Nic- rate. These were the happiest people I've ever met in my I life. I go to Nicaragua. I go to Haiti. And you see little kids who face beam. They don't have shoes they on their so feet. They are so happy. The meal for the day is going to be rice. Yep. You know, and, and as good as this, consider the lilies. I think Western civilization has become encumbered. Now, I'm not one of these people that says you need to sell everything and go. Right. Because it really doesn't matter what you have. Mm-hmm. The question is... What has you? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we, that's the trade off. Mm-hmm. The trade off is what has you? If you spend your time looking at the stock market, think about your 401k, wondering what I can't you chase my passion because I got to make this level of income no. because I can't let go of this. That is the wrong reason mm-hmm. to get up every morning. Mm-hmm. I've had to ask myself, and I'm, I feel like I'm in a a different phase, which is really, really good. I'm enjoying it. It's. Uh, I think we go through cycles of rebirth and oh, absolutely, and whatever. It's the seasons of life, man. The season of life. Um, I would rather be educated than entertained. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you and that's shifting in society. That's right shifting. Now. And, and we're an entertainment consumer society, mm-hmm. and we're fat. We're lazy because it makes you dumber. It, it, it makes you slower. It, it makes you, you fatter. Well, right? you know, but what, when you have an educated public. Then you're empowering. Power, you're power empowering and, 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 and the powerful become powerless. Well, I so turn, there's there's forces working against that right now to retain power over the people, which is all rooted in the devil's plan. Well, I love that. Well, I tell my friend, I, friends of mine fly. I used to fly a lot, and they were flight attendants. And I'd ask them, I say, so what's the whole? Pillow, flotation device, oxygen mass. I mean, not to be morbid, but let's mm-hmm. just, yeah. I'm 30,000 feet up in the sky and I'm in a plane that's having some traumatic thing and we're about to go down. Is this pillow really going to sink when we hit the ground? I mean, especially if cabin pressure goes, mm-hmm. everybody's unconscious before right. we hit the ground. So, what is this pay attention for? And he said, it's give you something to do as the plane goes down. Dang. It's to keep you busy for those last couple of minutes. It's a distraction. And that's the whole media empire. Yeah. You're so busy watching the Kardashians and, and, and this, that. Now, as this 
civilization crashes mm-hmm. into the ground. Mm-hmm. How dare you? So let's give, I mean, it's, it's basically the Caesars of mm-hmm. bread and entertainment, mm-hmm. circus and bread. Yep. Because no one, I saw a picture the other day, which I think I might have posted, it was just so interesting, and it was horrible. It was uh, eight, 1984, and he, there's this image of all of these people standing around looking at screens. Yeah. As as we, the, as the revolution takes place, no one will look up. So I checked myself last year because as a human being, I need to give people a respect of presence. Mm-hmm. And when that screen enters between the the real life yep. interaction with you, yep. that must go. Yep. And these families at dining room tables with everybody have a phone, parents texting their kids up in the room. Mm-hmm. There's no FaceTime anymore. Saddest thing I saw is a little girl who was trying to swipe the television. Oh, I saw that. She's too, she's trying to swipe the television. Yes. yes. And got upset when the TV wouldn't swipe. What are we doing to our children? Mm-hmm. You know, it's great story told. Um, he's dead now. Um, wonderful gentleman. Uh, I forget his name. A bit to me now. He says he went to the school, one of these private schools, where mm-hmm. he paid ten, fifteen thousand dollars for your little, you know, little Prince Albert. Uh, to get educated and he said uh, it was orientation day and they were walking the parents through school and they were telling we for 30 minutes we do this and little Joey plays with his blocks and then we do imagination and then we do story time and then we do acting out and then we do the alphabets and then we do this 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 and all this to do that and at the end of it he said so you've told me what everything does would you please tell me what kind of child are you creating couldn't do it. Couldn't. They didn't know. They didn't know. No vision. What's the totality? No vision. What trying of human being are you trying to? And I'm really concerned yeah. because we are raising children today for a civilization that we don't know what's right. going to look oh, like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as a parent, you must struggle because you have to say what. It's like packing a lunch that's going to be eaten in 30 years. And even when you know. Like, we know right now more screen time for our children is a bad thing. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. But because we don't know exactly what the long-term effect of it is, we aren't as compelled right now to step in because it's painful for everyone involved. It's painful for the kid to take that strain away. It's painful for the parents because then we have to deal with all the mess that they screaming and yelling, whatever. Then we got to find something to keep them occupied. And that involves us. But I really liked my time I had while they were on the screen. So what we do is we just stick to that path of least resistance. And nothing in life good has ever happened because you stayed on the path of least resistance. Ever. I got news I don't for care. You. I don't care what it is. Well, I got news for you, first of all. Majority has never been right. Good point. History. Good point. That's not me. That's like speculative. You tell me when the majority's been right. Mm-hmm. And we talk about Hitler. When the masses mm-hmm. blindly follow someone mm-hmm. and doesn't check the facts, that it is. Mm-hmm. So I like being countercultural. Yeah. Um, I like. I like being. What we're missing today is we're missing critical thinkers. The ability to look at something from a critical perspective, because school today. We should call it. I, I just wish we could be honest with words. Yeah. That's if I, there's a sadness that I have in society today is that words no longer mean anything because we've applied each and every person has applied their own meaning to yeah. the words. Yeah. Which it's, how it's do you true. communicate with people if you don't have a 
a delegated mm-hmm. language. That's like mm-hmm. me trying to speak French to someone who speaks French. Be, we cannot communicate. So when love, truth, family, mm-hmm. when these words lose their meanings, mm-hmm. um, we're not talking. And that's part of the lack of communication because when mm-hmm. I say family, unless we define mm-hmm. our terms, yep. what family means to you is family dear, and it's causing some of this disruption that we're having right here. Um, but to your point, I'm a 55-year-old man, and I have problems with that phone. What, what problem? Putting it down. Oh. It's, it's taken too much of my life. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so so um, we had a caller on the show this morning, and we were talking about distractions. And I, I made a challenge to the, to the whole audience. I said, who of you right now, when you woke up this morning, one of the first, if not the first thing you did was you picked up that cell phone mm-hmm. and you got trapped into 20 minutes mm-hmm. or even five minutes. But most of us are 20 minutes, 30 minutes on Facebook <laughs> and you gave up 30 minutes of your life in exchange for something that you could have done that you know that's been eating at your heart to do differently. <laughs> that's going to get you out of the situation you're in. Plus, you feel like you're actually being called to do something differently. These really successful people in this world that are chasing their passion and doing these things, it's not because they just had the time to do it and they had the resources to do it. They had to fight uh, normalcy in their world to break that and to go and do something different. Well, and that's that, that sucking feeling we get on our phones. That's the counter uh, culture. That's where we're at right now. And see, unintended purposes. Um, someone once said, whenever you take down a fence... Find out why it was put up first. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> before you re- before you remove landmarks, mm-hmm. you know the whole butterfly effect. You remove this, you got a problem here. I think that some of what we're saying is yeah. that um, I think we know this, and I know this, and you know from a personal experience um, that technology has not made me more connected. It's made me less connected mm-hmm. because I don't need to be connected to the web. I need to be grounded in. The truth. Yeah, there. it's it's almost as if our brain has been connected more, well, but our soul has been disconnected more. When you talk to the founders of this, I'm mean, sort of like flu shots. I'm not going to go there, but you know, <laughs> my my doctor talks, you know, flu shot, and I say, "Are you giving it to your kids?" Mm. Shut up, okay? Yeah, don't don't bring it up again. Yeah, see, because until you're willing to stick that needle in your kids mm-hmm. and in your arm, mm-hmm. don't give me the spiel. Do as I do, yeah. not as I say. Yeah. Um, the some of the architects of technology will not allow their children. Mm-hmm. Steve, Jobs Steve Jobs did. Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs would let his kids have um, And then some of the truth tellers. The problem in this society is, you know, and, and again with Orville, eight, 1984, is that um, now you get beat up for telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Truth is not respected. We wanted people, you know, truthful. Your word meant something. You know, I'll tell you what's mm-hmm. a dying breed. What's a dying breed is truthful. We used to be able to do mm-hmm. business contracts on a handshake. Mm-hmm. Now I need 14 lawyers. Do you understand yep. me? You know, they say that the big print give it and the small print take it away. <laughs> and I need a lawyer to check up on my lawyer. And it's just a real sad mm-hmm. state that no one's word yeah. mean anything. But the programmers who created some of this stuff say that they created it to give you the same emotional and chemical stimulus as cigarettes and nicotine. That the goal of this, I remember back in the 80s, which was probably, it should have been a cartoon or a comedy show, and it wasn't. But I remember when the six or seven big heads 
of the tobacco industry. This is when t- tobacco was getting beat up. Mm-hmm. There was a congressional hearing, mm-hmm. and they were sitting all there, and with straight faces, they were saying, we didn't know that cigarettes were addictive. Mm-hmm. Each one. They mm-hmm. went down the road, and mm-hmm. they said, with all of... I mean, you had whistleblowers, who had facts, and we had scientists, and whatever, but they sat there, united front, and I they love said... It. I, I love it. I love because, it. Because... Um, You've got, especially today, you've got data, right? You've got enough da- big data. You've got enough data that you can throw at things. You've got research and studies. But what people, for some reason, want to leave out of the equation anymore is common sense. Well, so I said two things as I watched that. I said you're either stupid, which means you're ignorant and you shouldn't have the position. Right, right. Or you're lying. right. Either way, we got a big Either problem. Either way, we have a major have problem a here. Problem. And I would apply that to this. Yeah. You're either trying to reprogram and addict people to screen time yeah. purposely. Mm-hmm. And, and well, of course you are. You, of course you, you are, because that's how you make your people, money. You have to keep I need people to stream. There. So just you be honest. To. I mean, so last year when you everybody was make, upset, yeah. it, because knowledge is the new weapon. Uh-huh. It, yeah, okay, there's an atom bomb. It's attention. We all... It's but, attention. But no, because it, it, there was a film in the 80s with Sandra... Uh, uh, Sandra Bullock? Yeah, Sandra Bullock. It's called The Ned. Oh, that's old school. Man. Oh, it's old to a old premise. Old over it. But it sets something up because if I can track your movements, I can know you, JJ. Yeah. If, by getting your credit card report, mm-hmm. by... Uh, tracking your phone, I can have a conversation with you out of nowhere and I can tell you the movies you like, where you go to dinner. Steven, <laughs> I've got my phone sitting there recording this conversation. Before I go to bed tonight, I will be fed three or four ads based on certain words that you and I Keyword. have used oh, yeah. right now. I know they're listening. Guarantee it. I love that they're listening. I can't wait to see which ads I get. Just to well, see what they think well, I want to buy based on what you and I based, are sitting here talking about. Based on the right conversation. Now. we are, <laughs> and, and along with the cop that, they say that you're photographed 20. We are all on live 24. 20. Sure. Um, and, 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 and that's okay if we know it. It's the manipulation of the, the information. Well, that's the thing now. Before, like maybe what, two... Five years ago, when we yeah. found out that they knew something about us because of privacy, we were like, oh, yeah. how did you know that? Yeah. Nobody's saying that anymore yeah. now. No. Nobody, an, we're not having those kind of conversations anymore. Yeah. The conversations are, am I okay with that? Yeah. Do I want them to know that much about well, me? See, I love that because if you do something to a person enough, they just yeah. give it. Now, how the government and these technologies well, Social networks, what they do is we give you something knowing that we're going to get something. Right. So play this game. But isn't it. the question now, it, would it, in, in what I'm getting in return worth it? That's, I think we're starting to ask ourselves. I mean, I, from a practical standpoint, I think having those batteries up by your head are not a great thing. I think we'll see a spike in cancers. Um, I, I try to keep the phone away from me. So we were talking mm-hmm. earlier today, sort of a couple of the practices that I'm doing, I would love, and I tell you, we could start it. Um, AA meetings for the phone. You could. You literally could. Oh, you, you literally could. You know where you start with? You start with the family. With the family. Because it's the mom and dad that have the, the, the most guilty conscience about what we're doing, and they really don't know how to take it away from their well, kids. Have you seen the Pepper Grinder? There's a, um, this is really good. Uh, everybody should get them for Christmas. 
it's an apparatus that was created that will disrupt the Wi-Fi in your house. No. Oh, yeah, it is. I'll show you the video. And what you do is you can, no matter whether the Wi-Fi or not, at a certain period of time, you can turn this thing, nobody knows, and it puts the signal out, and you do it during dinner time or whatever. You can have a uh, Wi-Fi timeout. Mm-hmm. So your power is out. You can mm-hmm. literally shut the Wi-Fi off in the whole house, mm-hmm. your system, mm-hmm. to get the attention. And what they find is just amazing. Because when the Wi-Fi goes down with a natural disaster, see, I know God, mm-hmm. I believe in God. God has a way of saying time out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Through sickness, too. Like sickness, he can put you on your back. Blood, uh, snowstorm. Right. Right. He, he just shuts down. I think he looks down like a parent every now and then and says, okay, everybody take a break. Yeah. Um, what happens is people pick up books. Mm-hmm. A relic from the pen. Yep. Kids come out of their houses. Mm-hmm. They, they find the bike in the garage. They go play with a box. Mm-hmm. It's like this whole thing, when this whole thing shuts off, you know, I'm not going as far don't, as to say... Don't we, be a surprise we, that there's we, a reset we, coming. We live in a matrix. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that we're... I, I, JJ, I think you're real. I'm looking at you, and I mm-hmm. think you're real, and I don't think you're a robot. You're nope. certainly not a zombie. No holograms over here. No holograms under here. But I think that there's been this sort of thing created that we think we're in. And I think the most connected thing I can do, and I'm struggling to fight back for some freedom for this, is to be present. To be in the moment. So what keeps you from being present? Distractions. Um, uh, And some of those distractions are very real. Some Mm -hmm. of them are internal. The internal distractions is Mm -hmm. that I need, I need, I need. Mm-hmm. I, I need to be here. Mm-hmm. I need to, be, you know. So, what has led to this for me personally was that last year I hit a wall. Mm-hmm. I think I, I went away on a vacation. I went to Alaska, and that for me was someone unhooking me from the system. Mm-hmm. Alaska's probably it's still God's. Is country. it because of where you went? It was because of how long you went? Was it because of exactly when you went? It was a combination of two things. It was uh, the fact that I. Uh, was on a private yacht, a private. Well, that always helps. A, a private boat, and <laughs> um, it's one of the places that still doesn't have Wi-Fi everywhere. Yeah. So I had to get off the grid. Yeah, it made me get off the grid. Now you, as you should have seen, there was thirty of us. A private yacht. There were some well-to-do people yeah. on this. It was a first of all, it was a community. It was a people, group of people who knew each other. There were uh, old people, young people. Um, uh, it was like a fa- family trip. Someone, mm-hmm. a patron, rented the whole ship. Um, with the staff and wanted to take us all to experience something they experienced. So glaciers, Glacier mm-hmm. Bay Park. But in order to access this, you really had to sort of leave mm-hmm. your phone. You had to mm-hmm. say, but there were people who brought stat phones. Wow. Holy smoke. Because they felt they that couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. They put satellite phones so that they, oh they need. And then well, telling people, you need to make a phone call or whatever. And it was seven days. It was eight days on the, the boat. You couldn't be unhinged mm-hmm. for eight days. And see, I remember when we didn't have all of this stuff, everything that was important, I found out about. What that did was it created a prism for me. The silence I'm not checking statuses and mm-hmm. sending email mm-hmm. in Texas. And after two or three days, I felt, wow, I felt sort of present. And I yeah. interacted with the people who was here. And I saw nature. And I looked at bears. And I saw whales. And I saw... And quite frankly, at that point, it was like being let out of a prison. Yeah. I could have walked away. I, 
to some degree, I could yeah. have continued to live. The freedom was worth mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had to come back to reality. Yeah. What I did was I took the lessons I learned from that and brought it back. And I felt, I felt human. Mm-hmm. I felt human. I was like, I wanted that feeling again. And I came back and I deleted my Facebook account. Okay. Um, I, I don't want to be known. And I realized something. I didn't. There was an uneasiness. There was a hum. Mm. I remember Closing Clown is the third kind where they all felt that hum and they made it out to the desert somewhere. They were just the only bit, few people only that really, together. yep. I felt a hum. I felt a hum. And see, that's well, what is that mean. your gut? Is that your instinct? Is well, that your intuition? Well, I think what is that? I think that's your gut. Um, Simon Sinek, as we were talking about earlier, he said, um, I think we communicate from the heart. Now, I need to preface that and define the heart. I don't believe the heart is that place that's beating in your chest. I believe the heart is in the head. Because when you look at scripture, when God says he's talking to the heart, he's not talking to your chest, he's talking to you. I don't know if you know this or not. There is, there is one organ in your body that cannot get cancer. Do you know what it is? No, Have you ever heard of anything no, called no, heart cancer? You, no, no, no. Have you ever heard of heart cancer? It's because it doesn't exist. Chemically and physically, the heart puts off chemicals that automatically fight any That's cancer amazing. cells. That's amazing. Okay. That's where that means is. your heart has its own intelligence system. Yeah. Okay. That we have not even begun, not even begun to understand that it's not the brain that's the center because you can get brain cancer and die within within weeks, but you will not be able to get heart cancer and die. Now, when you learn that was worth it, uh, I'll write the check for you. That that <laughs> what that, do you buy, man? That, that. But see, when you learn to bypass the brain and yes. get to the heart, you connect. It's what connects humanity. I think it's what connects us to God. The great designer, the great maker, the great says, designer. "You know what? Your brain's going to be able to die, yeah. but son, it, your, your heart, heart, your heart, and where your heart is, mm-hmm. there your treasure is. You store. It's the seed. It's the seed of who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you can connect with that." Um, heart health, when you can connect with your heart. And I just, you know, you get 70 years, you get 80 years here. And and I don't want to live forever, though I believe in some sense I will live forever. Mm-hmm. I want to live a meaningful life. I want to I want to touch people. You know, what we said on today's show is success ends when you die. Oh, Significance yeah. oh. is eternal. So whatever you're creating right now, if it's based on success, oh boy, oh boy, is it and theoretically, it'll all go away before you die. Well, but you, when you die, it's absolutely guaranteed you, you to go You can away. live forever. You can. By the impact you make on people's absolutely. lives while you're here. Absolutely. You get, you get 60, That's 70, 80 years, whatever years mm-hmm. you get, you. We still remember Martin Luther King. And I'll tell you this. We remember those who invested their lives for good. Mm-hmm. But we also remember those that for evil. Oh, Absolutely. The impact is that you can imprint yourself. I think you sleep. You know, no one names their dog Nero. People name their dogs Nero and their son Jesus Mm -hmm. and Peter and Paul. You know, I I haven't met the last Caligula. Um, And I would challenge challenge anybody, whether you believe in God or not, if you don't think the significance in your life is to have that lasting impact in someone else's life, then what is it? Well, I tell like, you, what's the list look like? Well, I tell you, if um, the worst place you can be is um, self-absorbed, mm-hmm. 
you know, the, the story goes that uh, there was a guy and he had so much silver and before he had the silver, he could see the people. But once he got all this silver, all he could see was his own reflection. Mm-hmm. I like it. <laughs> Money has a way like of obscuring mm-hmm. our view of other people. Mm-hmm. See, the more you have, the more you got to insure it, the more you got to keep it, the more you got to protect it. Mm-hmm. When the truth of the matter is, no one takes anything with them. Mm-hmm. I've been to the mortuary. Those pants don't even have pockets in them. We were talking about um, churches this morning. Yeah. And how it's so much about the money, and yeah. and I and, and I said it's like, well, as soon as you decide to take one brick and lay it on another brick, it's now about the money. But someone's yeah. got to pay for the brick. As well, soon as you want to bring on some full time staff, guess what? It's built in that it's now about the money. Well, it becomes a business, and you become a slave to it. You aren't yeah. to serve. The, you aren't to serve the building. God doesn't know, know the church. The, the bank owns the church. Yeah. No. So, well, what's your last name? White. White. My last name is Jenkins. Yeah. Can you? Ever not become a white? No. Well, I, mean, I, I could usually change but, my name. But you were born, even right. you. But you were born into the DNA. I'm born into the church. Yeah. I don't go to church. I am the church. Mm-hmm. And it's a fool who tries to make me think that I go. That's mm-hmm. just the building where I choose. Get right. enough of us believers in this room, and then we, the church is here. This is the church. And God says anywhere he goes, we are. Um, and I think it's a misnomer. To convince people, it's like locking grandma up at the nursing home, and we got to go visit grandma. Why? Why do we go visit grandma? Because grandma and grandpa still have access to the money. Mm-hmm. So we pay our dues. We go and uh, I don't know, no, 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 no. We go and we uh, pop in to see her. Um, I think our culture, if we're not careful, um, we are creating some pathology. We can see the pathologies. We're creating some real. Um, long-term um, issues. And, and I just need to say, religion uh, in and of itself um, isn't, it, it's the opiate, was someone has said, and I don't mean it in that, say it, it's, uh, it's the opiate. I think religion to some degree um, can obscure you from knowing God and Christ. Absolutely, no doubt. It, it stands in a way. Mm-hmm. So, JJ, you can tell me how wonderful your wife is. Mm-hmm. You can show me pictures of her. You can tell me what her food tastes like. You can tell me all you want. But the moment you introduce me to her, I no longer need you. That's right. So I can tell you about this God. Mm-hmm. I can tell you about Christ. And I can tell you what he's done. And I can tell you and I can tell you and tell you. But the moment, see the problem is the moment I introduce you to him, I'm no longer needed. And mm-hmm. the pastor doesn't want that. Mm-hmm. See, so you give me your message. Sam, Sam was talking about this in the studio afterwards. How is it that so many churches, if I wanted to talk to the pastor, I got to go to the hand, I got to go over here. But if I wanted to talk to my almighty God, I could do it right now this very but second. the veil ran. The big lie is that I need you. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I, there's these videos that go around. I've seen them now where they put hearing aids in babies' ears for the first time. Yes, yes. And I just weep and cry. Yes. Because the first time a child hears the parent's yes. voice, it's palpable. You can see both for the parent and for the child. It's just this... Yeah. So the first time you hear the voice of the Creator, yes. the first time you know, and I tell you this... Mm-hmm. If you will get quiet enough, mm-hmm. wherever you are, he'll speak. 
Mm -hmm. The the Bible says, whether you believe it or not, it says in the beginning, God said, and I need to tell you something. He hasn't stopped talking. Mm -hmm. God's still talking. Mm -hmm. We've stopped listening. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that's what I heard in Alaska. Mm. All the background noise. And see, and I'll, I'll tell people, we're afraid. We're afraid of this quietness mm-hmm. because we don't know what will be said. Mm-hmm. But when I got quiet, what I heard was, you're loved. Mm-hmm. You've always been loved. You were loved before you did anything. You know, babies are born, they're loved before they're even born. Mm-hmm. Why is it mm-hmm. in our society that a baby who poops and sleeps and eats all day is fawned over, but a 90-year-old person who's given mm-hmm. their life to is mm-hmm. seen as a burden. Mm-hmm. Something mm-hmm. is wrong. Mm-hmm. Something's majorly wrong. Yeah. The difference is just time. The value of this human being is the yep. same. And when we learn to see people in that light, it'll change us. It's interesting because you can judge a society on how it treats its children and mm-hmm. its old people. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. when when we when you think children are your possession and are a, a hindrance or a distraction or whatever like that, and see, this is just it. If you don't invest in them, you'll create. Mm-hmm. Love. I can tell you how to get a mass, create a mass killer. Oh, I do. Take a child, ignore it, yep. beat it, lock it up, isolate Absolutely. it, set Do it in that. front of a television, and then let it loose on the world. Yep. And then you stand there and say, I don't know what happened to little Joey. I love the one. Mm-hmm. And guys, two guys arguing over how to raise children. He says, strict discipline. I love the story you started off with when we started. Because my mother beat me, disciplined me. My mother did all of those things. My mother was lover dearly because my mother, and I needed it. <laughs> I realized that my mother was a gift from God mm-hmm. for my personality. Yes. Some need, things need to be sanded with a two grade and some need a heavy grid. That's I right. needed a heavy grid. Yeah. And I'm so grateful that God gave me this woman. And we've both learned and grown. And, and, and one of, But... Um, you, two guys were arguing over how to raise children, and, and one guy said, "Well, you know, kids come fully formed. You just need to let them, like let them develop into yeah. who they are." Yeah, and, sure. and the guy was like, "No, no, no. You got to set parameters. You got to, you know, discipline in their heart. You got to teach them. You got to bring that out of them. You have to cultivate." He says, "No, no, no, no. You don't have to cultivate it. You just need to let it go." He says, yep. "Come here for a minute," and he opens the door to his garden. He says, "You see that?" Mm-hmm. He says, it's nothing but weeds and trees. Mm-hmm. He says, yeah, I decided to let it have its yeah. own way. Yeah. The same thing applies Absolutely. with children. It's all, it's all life. It's nipping. Everything in life. And if God will prune us yeah. to make us the people that we are. You know, I'll tell you this. And we can, yeah, we probably need to bring this conversation it, up to it, a wrap before it, we it, stay here all night. Because no, my wife will call me at like 7, eight, See, 7 p.m. You, what, don't what tell me you love your children. If you don't discipline, mm-hmm. that's a form of self hate. Because what kids want, I'll tell you what kids want. Because as strange as it may appear, I was once a child. Mm-hmm. 
I know that's hard trapped to believe. in a woman's body. They're trapped in a woman's body. <laughs> and then once I, I tell you what, kids, kids want security. You know the best thing I tell my friends you can do for your kids? I have lots of my buddies are starting to have families yeah, and kids, yeah. and they, they, you see the anxiety in their hearts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Love their mothers. Mm-hmm. Love their wives. Let them love know them. that you love their mothers. Affection. One of, one of my kids. favorite things that I cannot get out of my head is you treat your wife the way that you're the way that you want your daughter to be treated when she starts to go out in the world and date and even um, to another level you treat your daughter the way that you'd want any other man to treat because her. What that's what the modeling happens what it says to the kids is security mm-hmm. that my parents have a union that they love and they care I'm safe mm-hmm. I'm safe because I'll tell you what when your kids at six, seven, eight, nine, when parents do, kids blame it on themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and no, they, they fall. It's just mm-hmm. a bunch of immature adults, yeah. but they think it's about them. Yeah. So the yeah. best safeguard you can have is to love your wife. Let your kids know that you love your wife. Yeah. Show affection to her. The next thing is, let your kids, kids want discipline. They want to know how far they can go. Now, discipline isn't beating children. Right. But I want somebody to say no to me. Well, I want to know. Discipline is much wider than physically patting them on the butt. Well, my, my dad would say, all of this is yours. You see, yes. this is all. Don't go past that fence. Right. Yeah. The boundaries, and, and I, uh, this is another story for another time, but we're, I'm going to discuss with some people this whole free will. I have free will. Even Adam and Eve mm-hmm. had free will, mm-hmm. but it was within the parameters of the garden. I tell you what I have free will. I have free will. I can't leave this planet. Mm-hmm. Without some mm-hmm. jet propulsion, mm-hmm. I can't live on the water without some help. Do you understand me? Mm-hmm. So my freedom has limitations. People, it's funny. Just I, I have to comment on the Adam and Eve thing that you just brought up, and we've got to we've got to move on. But um, I'm reading a book called um, I think it's called the 12, 12 Rules of Life or something of that nature, and uh, I didn't expect it to get biblical but it did and he and he starts to pose that he gets really deep into the adam and eve story and he said have you ever wondered why god allowed a serpent into the garden he god created all these parameters and and but and, and it wasn't the tree it wasn't the apple it wasn't eve because they were pretty much set you're here you're here and you don't touch that and they're like cool deal when did the story change it's when the serpent came in, right? And question. Why would God... His question is, did God put the serpent in the garden? Or was it because God is going to allow free will to happen that you can do all you want. You're not going to be able to remove the devil. You're not going to be able to take adversity and take negativity out of the equation. God says, I'm going to let you make your own decisions because... You can't have the best relationship with me if it isn't for these things happening. Because he could create this perfectly cleansed world and everyone follows God. Those are robots. That's not what what creates a worthy relationship. Well, see, I love that. You start with the end in mind. I think you're onto something. You're much more smarter than you give yourself credit for. Probably. You are. All right, I'm, I'm 